Hi, everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 76 of the RV Miles podcast. If you'd like to check out the show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is all across social media. Just search RV Miles. And Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also all across the interwebs. Just go to your favorite social media platform and search Our Wandering Family. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about visiting RV shows. Jack and I were just at one yesterday. No, you weren't. <laughs> Two nights ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and had a great time. And we're going to be going to several more this season. This is RV show season. So there's a lot going on. And we did do an episode on RV shows last January. Yeah. You might be thinking like, hold the phone. Haven't we already been here? And yes, we have. So if you've been with us for that long. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. (laughs) If you haven't, welcome. We're going to run through some of the things we have learned since the last time we talked about it and also what you can expect and some of the reasons why you should wear your most comfortable shoes to an RV show. That plus we're going to talk about some tips for using laundromats on the road. We've got a lot of news and the answer to last week's brain teaser, a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lake shores, and seashores that dot the American landscape many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. All right. We are coming to you this week from the Windy City. No, we're not. The windy and cold city of Chicago. We're not. See, okay, no, you're we're doing. In okay. Carroll Stream, Illinois. Thank you. We were in Chicago yesterday. We were. But we have talked about this. And I just I feel like we have to be honest. We're. We're not in Chicago. If you live in Carroll Stream, which is a lovely city, you don't live in Chicago. (laughs) You live in Carroll Stream. And we spent four fantastic days in Chicago, actually in an Airbnb in our old neighborhood, which was wonderful to be back and see what had changed, what had not changed. Some of our favorite eateries. We got to connect with some friends. But we are now out in Carroll Stream. We are out in a northwestern suburb. And we are spending some time with Jason's brother and his girlfriend, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it's our first time at their house. So it's really nice to see their new house and, and hang out here and give the boys some time with their uncle. Yeah, they're actually in the middle of a very intense Mario Kart 8 tournament right now. That is what is going on while we are in here recording a very intense episode. Of RV miles. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be here uh, just for another day tomorrow, uh, Saturday, the day this episode comes out. We are going to be at the Chicago Travel and Adventure Show, which is not an RV show, um, but it's a big uh, travel convention type show. But we travel. So going to a travel and adventure show is still right up our alley. And boy, I really would like to meet Rick Steves. I'm just going to say it. 
I just I, I would like to meet Rick Steves. So we're going to be doing some some video and social media type stuff from there. Hope you'll check that out. And then we're uh, we're going to go visit some friends just across the border into Wisconsin for a Ooh. night. And then we begin our trek back to Kansas City to get back in the bus and make our way to warmer weather because it's getting cold up here. We got lucky getting. for a day or two where we got up into the 50s and and now now we're seeing a typical Chicago winter yeah. weather. <laughs> it feels just like being home. If you follow our wandering family on Instagram, then you'll see that I put an article up on Wednesday, an Insta story that was just us sitting in the living room because we had all these plans of things we wanted to do. And then Chicago decided that it was going to feel like eight degrees outside. And I said, Mm-mm, we're just going to we're just going to hunker down here and enjoy the warmth of this radiator <laughs> and watch a lot of TV. God and, bless radiator heat. It oh makes man. a lot of noise, but it's so warm. It's so warm. And this particular Airbnb we were at, it was so warm and the air that was coming out of the radiator was so moist that the windows next to the radiator were just completely fogging over every time it turned on. And I absolutely appreciate the fact that it was more of a a moist heat as opposed to a dry heat. But man, you knew them when that thing was on. It was nice. Uh, Anyway, that's enough talk about the cold and us. Big news this week is still, of course, the government shutdown. And there are new things to report this week. First of all, I think we talked about last week that uh, Joshua Tree was going to shut down because of all the issues that are going on there, at least temporarily for some maintenance and repairs. They made a very last minute decision. Some higher up decided that was not going to happen. They left Joshua Tree National Park open, so it has remained open. In the meantime, people have gone in with chainsaws and cut down Joshua Trees to make their own road to get back to backcountry areas. Like you do, I guess. <sighs> I know. So, what do you even what do you even say to that? It's very unfortunate. There have been some horrific stories. There have also been some really great stories of volunteers. There have been plenty of pictures to be seen of volunteers who are going in, people who are giving their time this week to go in and clean up the trash and try to mitigate some of the damage so that when the parks do fully reopen, the rangers and volunteers that are normally there and are not having to deal with what has been left behind from the weeks that it's been closed. Also, uh, due to some funding that has come in, and I cannot remember where, both Arches and Shenandoah are opening back up this week. Yeah, and most of the Utah parks are open because the Utah state provides a lot of funding there for that because that's that's most of their economy is tourism in Utah. But uh, there's also some controversy over some funds that the National Park Service is considering dipping into to help, again, mitigate the situation to keep it from getting worse. And there's some concern that 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 might not be legal for them to do um, some sort of reserve funds that they have. So there's a brewing legal battle over that. Meanwhile, uh, a good story coming out of this uh, is Camping World. We've been ragging on Camping World a bit. Yeah, we've lately. been knocking them down a few uh, last few months, if camp- not the last year. <laughs> Camping World has pledged to provide work for employees, for federal pl- employees that are 
furloughed right now. It might only be a couple hours a week, but uh, the company has pledged to offer short-term jobs for people who are furloughed at their Camping World locations and at their Gander Mountain store. So that's like 300 stores across the country. So I think that's such a great thing. And it's not going to be a lot again, but a few hours could really help make a difference for somebody trying to get by. Yeah, they're also pledging to volunteer into the parks through their volunteer program that Camping World does with its own employees. And so they're going to make that a point as well to get back into the parks and volunteer time there again to help because, you know, it's not all just going to go away once the government opens back up and everyone comes back to work. The problems that we're seeing there in the national parks from the cutting down of Joshua trees to the graffiti to just the general mayhem and disrespect, all of that is going to have to be cleaned up and cared for. And that is going to take a lot of hours, which is going to take away from just the day to day stuff that happens inside of these parks. And for some of these parks, you know, in California, especially and Texas, they are in their busy season. And they've just got thousands of people coming through every single day. And Camping World has 7000 employees and they already give their employees. I think this is so great. They give their employees 32 hours a year of paid time. To volunteer. They essentially pay them to volunteer. So these 7,000 employers are, are looking to use those hours here at the beginning of the year for the national parks and, and get out there and, and help clean them up. Yeah. So I know we've been ragging a lot on Camping World, but I have to say, I think that this is really great what they're doing. And I know a lot of other organizations and companies are starting to turn their eyes towards the parks as well and towards the 800,000 employees that are still waiting to go back to work and trying to do what they can. So my hat goes off to Camping World. Big shift of gears here. Let's talk about something funny. (laughs) Well, let's talk about someone who might be in need of Camping World services. (laughs) Good luck with that, but you might be in need of them. (laughs) Uh, A professional fisherman, Eric Jackson of Rock Island, Tennessee. He was practicing for a big fishing tournament coming up and he was backing his boats into a lake with his RV. So he's got a big 38 foot class A RV and he's towing his boat behind it. And he's backing the boat into the lake down the slip, backs it in. He gets out. He's going to unhook the boat and everything. His dog put the RV into reverse and it started rolling into the water. And the video is something. Wait, why is there video? Well, here, <laughs> okay, this now is I'm the like, best. oh, this maybe this was a joke. No, this is the best part of this article because he was he was getting filmed by a crew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and this no, this is this is great. So it says Christian Corley of Yolo Tech. As in, yes, as in you, you only, only live, live once. once. Yolo, Christian Corley of Yolotech captured the entire mishap on video. His company website says its mission is to build awesome products to help you catch video of your once in a lifetime moments. <laughs> <laughs> that was hashtag YOLO. Wow. That's that was a, a once in a lifetime, hopefully a once. once in a lifetime moment. That's so. That's really amazing. I mean, I have I have a few other questions like I, why do you why do you practice? 
Well, you know, eat. I mean, what are you practicing? Because well, it's not going to be the same fish or the same. It's the same body lake. of. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, no, no. There, the tournament is on <laughs> okay. on this lake. It's Lake. Okay. Uh, Look, I don't even know 0.1% about <laughs> professional fishing, so I do not mean to offend anyone. But when you're like, I'm backing my boat into a body of water so I can practice fishing. You lost me when you said I was backing my boat into a body of water. It's so. it's Lake Sam Rayburn is where this happened. And the event is there and, you know, it does stuff okay. the area. So. OK, fair enough. I hopefully I mean, this should be a lesson to to all. I mean, you know. Don't let your dog sit in the door. <laughs> I can't even get through Well, this. I mean, it's something that's happened in cars a lot. Oh, trust but. me. I know. <laughs> I have an amazing story from my childhood. That'll when, have to wait till yeah, another that's, time. That's another, that's another podcast. But when you have your dogs bouncing in, around your, yeah. your RV, that's something to really be careful about. So, all right. Uh, finally, we want to mention that, of course, our latest episode of the America's National Parks podcast is out and we hope you'll check that out. Oh, is it out? It I took the week out. off, so I I'm not, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this episode uh, was on the White House and when the when the British torched the place back in the War of 1812. Savage. Yeah, savage. Check that out over at nationalparkpodcast.com. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. Be right back. We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling. So for your next camping trip, skip the store and get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices along with a 30-day free trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles or check out the link in the show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles to get 25% off plus a free 30-day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. It is no secret that I have recently been very open with the fact that I keep saying I want to become gluten-free and then immediately afterwards going and eating a croissant. Yeah, so stop doing that. (laughs) If only it was, thank you, Jason. If only such things were so easy as to say, just stop doing that. But I'll tell you what, though. Don't stop doing it. Okay, there you go. Look, I'm I'm yeah. magically gluten free. No, it's hard. It's been hard. But what I appreciate about Thrive Market is that I can go and I can order it online and I'm not tempted by maybe like what I see as I'm walking around the store. You know, it's there. It's in front of me. I just search gluten free. That's all I can look at. Whereas when I'm, you know, at the store, I can go over to the bakery section and I can look at that and it's all there. Yeah. It's hard. So if you haven't tried out Thrive Market, you absolutely should just go over to their website, get that 25% off 
You're going to love it. And I would love to hear if you do what you're buying. All right. Last week's brain teaser. You have not heard last week's brain teaser because. No, because I was MIA. You were not feeling well. No, I was. Wasn't I with the kids or was I not feeling well? Or was I a combination of both? Well, I told people you weren't feeling well. So you weren't (laughs) feeling well. You know, this is we have this thing that, you know, if you've been listening, you know that there is no set time when we record this podcast. We do record it on a Friday, but sometimes we record at 10 a.m. on a Friday. Sometimes we record at midnight on a Friday. If we start ticking closer to like the late night hour, I am not as witty the later (laughs) it gets. My brain just starts to shut down like it is eight o'clock right now. And every minute that passes is just one more minute. I'm going to struggle yes. to form a sentence. So it was so late. We just had to, you know, it was so put late. Her out of her misery. And <laughs> I said, I can't do this. No, you weren't. You weren't feeling well. I either, wasn't. So. I was tired. The kids were still awake. <laughs> I was just I had a headache and I said, I'm out. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I finished the show without Abby. And he did. I'm sure he did great. I haven't yeah, even listened. Haven't I'm listened, sure he did so. great, though. <laughs> anyway. You haven't heard this brain teaser, so let's see if you can get it. My great-grandmother was exceptional from first to last. She was the first baby born in the state in 1851. She was almost the first centenarian. That means you're, you know, 100 years old, right? Yes. In the family. But she died in 1950, one day before her 100th birthday. Are Are you distracted over there? No, I'm I'm listening. The snowpocalypse is headed to Kansas City. I'm just I'm getting an update on it from she's my brother. Texting. Sorry. She's texting. This she's texting during the podcast. No, I'm texting during the brain teaser. I'm back. I'm with it. I just it's snowpocalypse is on its so way. So you're with me? She died. Okay. In nineteen fifty, right one day before her hundredth mm-hmm. birthday. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. Yes. The cause of her death was not unusual. Thousands of people died from the same cause that year and also in previous years. Her death was exceptional because she was the last person ever to die from this cause in the United States. What was the cause of death? Being born in a previous century? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think that can cause you to die. (laughs) It could because you're old enough. So get this. The answer is old age. No American has died of old age since 1951. Old age was cured at a public health conference on records and statistics. All state and federal agencies were ordered to adopt a standard list of 130 contributing and underlying causes of death. In 1951, the list deleted old age as a cause of death. Did they replace it with natural causes? I don't know. <laughs> what are you asking me for? Because <laughs> it's your brain <laughs> teaser. But I'm normally, assuming. It's normally like a, a certain organ shuts down. Yeah, or natural causes. Yeah, but that's what the me- they, that's what they tell the media. But what really goes on the doctor's report is like, you know, the, the heart stopped, the heart failure. Uh, but it's of natural causes. It's, it's an a, old age. Yes. But they don't. But that is not one of the, on the list. I want that brought things. back. When so, I pass, when my time comes, will you please just have it read that she Abigail passed 
of old age. <laughs> so, I really am serious. Like I wanted okay. to say that. And we'll I wanted to that. say it on my tombstone. It's just like she passed away of old age. Anyway, since she was the first person born in 1851, but then died in 1950, she was the last person to die of old age. Got it. Our winner this week is Terry Abramson from Texas, who will receive a Not All Who Wander or Lost t-shirt. And you all have your chance to win yours at the end of the show with the new brain teaser. All right, we wanted to take a minute here to talk a little bit about something that people ask us about all the time, and that's how we do our laundry on the road. And 90% of the time, that's in laundromats. Sometimes it's at the campground, but most of the time we take it to a laundromat. 90% of the time it's laundromats. 5% is at a campground. 5% is at our family's home. And we're not, we're we're not going to pretend there's some sort of marital parody here. Abby does the laundry. (laughs) I do, but that's only because I just, I, I have a very particular way. She's very particular about it. I do. She does not know how to use an iron. Nope. If something needs iron, that's my job. Look, once it's dry, it's out of my hands. If something needs mended, if there's a hole in a sock or something, that's my job. She doesn't know how to sew. I don't. I didn't have a button for the life of her. Nope. I didn't have to take costume class when we were in theater school. I was too busy taking, you know, jazz, ballet and tap. And you were taking costuming, stage makeup. And look, (laughs) hey, my dance skills have come in really handy at a party. I got, I got moves. You can sit Until over there. Your button comes undone. <laughs> yeah, you can sit over there and sew my button and then I'll go back out and bust my moves. <laughs> okay. So yes, in our family, I do the laundry. I actually really prefer to go to a laundromat over anything as well, because I can get all of our laundry done at once. So when we travel around, I generally try to go two weeks before I do laundry. I know that might sound crazy for a family of five, but it is absolutely possible. We have enough clothes on us and I am more than happy as long as it is not covered in filth and super dirty. My kids can wear their pants a second time. My kids can wear their shirts a second time. This is why I don't let my kids wear their pajamas outside. I want them to be able to sleep in them for several nights in a row. So we can go two weeks before I need to go to a laundromat. When we were designing the bus, we talked about putting some sort of laundry setup in the bus. And a lot of people do do that. A lot of people have washers and dryers in their buses. We felt that that was just a lot of space to take up for something that we wouldn't use every single day. Because we were going to laundromats before we moved into the bus as well. Yeah, a laundromat is not a foreign building for us. When we were apartment dwellers, we did have laundry down in the basement. But you know what? I can go to a laundromat and in three hours I can have 10 loads of laundry done. I cannot have 10 loads of laundry done using one washer, one dryer. Going it's just up in and three down hours. the stairs. Our laundry was, we were in the second floor apartment. Our laundry was in the basement. It's down in the and, scary basement. Yeah. So when we go into, we roll into a new town, I have a pretty good idea of where we are with our laundry. And One of the things I always try to do when we go into a new town, and if you want to be a laundromat person, is I have a few criterias for a laundromat, like if I'm going to stay at it. Uh, The first one, obviously, is I want to go into some place that feels clean. You know, I don't want to go into somewhere and feel like my clothes are going to leave dirtier than when I arrived. I like for them to have Wi-Fi because I will often work while I'm there. Or Jason and the kids will sometimes come with me and they get to utilize Wi-Fi as well. 
The biggest thing I need it to have, though, is I look for the really big washing machines, like the ones that are going to hold five or six loads, because I am not one who particularly separates out our laundry anymore. I used to. I used to, you know, socks and, you know, just underwear and stuff like that. That's in one load. And then our, you know, our sweaters are in another. Well, all of that just goes into that all goes together. Now, look, it's all just going to get washed. I don't have the time or the money because laundromats can be really expensive. If you can use the big ones, then you're going to be able to do a whole lot of laundry at once and it's not going to be nearly as expensive. Then I have this thing with the dryers. And I know some people might think that this is just maybe this is a little much, but this is how I do the dryers. I do then go and separate out my dryers because the whole point is, is we probably have at least 10 loads of laundry by two weeks. I am trying to do 10 loads of laundry. I always set a goal for myself, $15, $30 a month for laundry. I set a goal for 15. I don't always achieve it. It's the prices are going to wildly vary from place to place, state to state but $15. So one of the things I do is when I get to the dryers, I'm laughing that I'm going to say this because it's a little OCD. I go and I separate everything out, underwear and socks and small things I put into one dryer, anything with a waistband, because waistbands take longer to dry. I put them into one dryer together. Towels go into another. I put shirts that I don't want to dry on high, but I want to do on delicate into one. And then we have a lot of laundry. We don't dry things. We hang up. Then I get my quarters in and we get everything going. Often I'll put more quarters into the towels and the jeans because those are going to take longer, right? Things with waistbands, heavier things are going to take longer to dry. Then what I do is once that cycle is complete, I go down and I will start pulling things out that have dried. And then I will consolidate down into in, if I've started with six dryers. Let's say I can consolidate down to four, go through another cycle, consolidate down again. Because the cycles are short on, on dryers. It's like 10 minutes, a quarter or sometimes. It or totally depends. Like it's, it's not like your home dryer where you just set an amount and it goes for no, 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 45 no. minutes. You win the lottery if you get a dryer that for a quarter is going to give you eight minutes. Yeah. That's the lottery dryers okay that's when i say woo everything is getting so dry today sometimes it might say that but the dryers don't get very hot Mm -hmm. they don't get very hot a tip i would also say is to watch your dryers because i have had dryers that have shut off earlier than the allotted time like if i had you know i put four quarters in and i should have gotten eight 16 24 32 minutes and all of a sudden i notice at 28 my dryer isn't going anymore. You better believe I'm going to go find that attendant. And I'm going to say, hey, look, this dryer just shut off. I was supposed to have four more minutes. So, you know, just watch it. I think sometimes I can't I'm not going to say people do that on purpose, but, you know, to end a couple minutes here or there, nobody knows. Right. No one's paying attention to the clock. But I have had to go more than once to an attendant and say, um, you know, I think this shut off early. Could I just get another quarter put in here? And they will always do it. And they're very nice about it. And then we just go on our way. So um, Yelp is a great resource for finding laundromats because amazingly enough, people like to review laundromats. 
So well, they're all over the place. I mean, some are. are fantastic, spotless. Some are trash heaps. Yes. And, and you got to be careful. And if you, you, if I, we get into a town and we need laundry done and I'm not feeling that laundromat. Um, sometimes I would rather be like, can we get a few more days out yeah. of our stuff until we move on? Um, I've also been, I've also been known to be like, well, I'm just going to go buy some new underwear for everybody. Cause I don't, I don't want to go to a laundromat here. So I still prefer laundromats over if we had anything at the house, we have kind of talked about investing in a, a foot pump washer just to do small things here and there. But I don't feel like we're at the need. We don't have it. a huge need. I mean, it, you know, maybe get you a couple more days of underwear or something like that by being able to wash them like that. But yeah, you know. I just, I think if you have been thinking that laundromats or washing clothes on the road is really going to be difficult Two years into it, I can tell you it's one of the least difficult things about life full time on the road. And I actually really enjoy loading everything up. And it's time for me by myself. I get to go. I get the laundry started. I've got some time to sit, to work, to read, to, you know, stare mindlessly at my phone. You've got like nice folding tables. So you're not dealing with that, like folding in your RV and, and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I just There's get it all done. For that. And one of the reasons we don't often use campground washing machines and some campgrounds have them, not that many, but it, why? I mean, you're going to be loading everything up in the car to take it over to the laundromat, to the, to the washing machine at the campground. Anyway, they can be kind of expensive too. They can be expensive, but usually there's one machine or two machines. Mm -hmm. Why deal with that all day long, going back and forth, back and forth when you can just go to the laundromat and whip it all out in three well, hours and help you if you do not get back in time for that washing machine cycle when at it the ends, campground. because boy, they, someone will not hesitate to pull your stuff right on out. So, and that's fine. Hey, you're, you know, you're done, you're done, but it's, you know, everybody wants the washing machines at the campground and I would rather just go to a laundromat. So if I don't know how much of a tip this is so much more as it's just like, Hey, if you've been worried about your laundry on the road, don't be worried about your laundry on the road. Laundromats are cool. Go hang out in them. There's some cool people that hang out there. I've met some really nice people. I drink my coffee. I play my words with friends. <laughs> All right. Let's move right along to our main topic of the week. RV shows. How do we love RV shows? We love them so, so much. Oh, RV show. How do I love you? Let me count the ways. Class A, class B, class C. And uh, I think, you know, we, as we said before, we did an episode on, on RV shows exactly a year ago, I think, and, uh, and gave you guys some tips and we're going to repeat some of those tips. And then we've got some new ones as well, because I think we are, we are truly RV show experts at this point. I think I can, I can think I can. Look, I don't, that. I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to start calling you Dr. Epperson or anything, <laughs> but I think we've probably been to more than, you know, humanly necessary, but especially well, when we own one. And, you, you know, know, when you, when you see articles and you hear people talking about RV shows in the RV industry too, they're often talking about some of these super mega shows. And we go to a lot of the medium sized shows, which are what most of you are going to have access to around the country as well. So I like the medium size shows. I like being yeah. able to meet like just the local dealers and, and get a kind of an idea and a flavor of what that particular region is really into or what those 
particular dealers are saying in that area and what it's been like for them. So I really enjoy the medium shows. So we have a whole list of tips here that we're going to run through. But first, this segment is sponsored by Go Sun. When you're out camping in the wild, miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With Go Sun solar cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. Go Sun cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube where food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Three different models offer the perfect combination of portability and cooking capacity. Visit gosun.co, that's .co, and use the code RVMILES for 15% off all GoSun solar cookers. Support this small Cincinnati-based company looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co and use the code RVMILES for 15% off. That's all one word, RVMILES. All right, Jack and I just got back from from the Chicago Boat RV and Sales Show uh, that we went to two days ago, uh, which was nice to spend some time with with my oldest oldest little guy, oldest and, little guy, and, and tour some some cool RVs and some cool boats. This was not specifically an RV show, but it was maybe uh, a third RV show, but at the giant McCormick Place Convention Center in Chicago. So there was a good number of RVs there. But we also got to go on like multi-million dollar power yachts, which was kind of kind of cool. And I think what was neat about this show, too, that was that there were a lot more accessories and and other vendors than there are at a lot of RV shows. Uh, So we got to sort of look at a lot of toys like kayaks and canoes and like outdoor wear and all kinds of fun stuff like that. That's what I'm looking forward to about the travel and adventure show tomorrow. Is that I think it'll be a really unique uh, set of vendors that we don't often see at RV shows, but that will also probably really speak to our lifestyle. So I'm really excited to check that section of it out. So I guess that's kind of my first tip, though, is that most midsize RV shows, anything but the super big mega shows, and we'll talk about the different types of shows in a minute, are not going to have a whole lot of that accessory shopping stuff. And I think people are often hoping to see that when they go to one. So if you already have an RV and you're kind of hoping to sort of shop that RV accessories stuff, sewer hoses and outdoor chairs and awnings and all that sort of stuff, don't get your hopes up because there's not going to be much of that from our experience. No, you do better to read our gear guides. Now the very (laughs) biggest RV shows you know, camping world will set up a whole entire store inside of the Tampa RV show, yes. you know, so they're they're at the very biggest ones is definitely going to be there, especially the quartzite one. That's what they're there to sell as accessories down in quartzite. And they are getting ready for that show. Yeah. It's going to start in a couple of weeks. So what RVs shows are for are things like exploring ideas. You're you don't have an RV yet or you're looking to upgrade getting out there and seeing the different types of RVs that exist and what might work and what might not work for you. You know, looking at pictures online just doesn't do it justice. No, it's nice to be able to walk through them, explore like the different features. Like, you know, I think we're sensory beings. And so when you can sort of 
please as many senses as possible and you can touch and you can even smell. I mean, RVs have a very unique smell. It's this, you know, new car smell. Well, there's yeah, the new a, RV smell too, right? It's the smell too, of right? formaldehyde. Yes, it is. <laughs> mm, I just love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning. <laughs> You're not going to get that same experience going to a dealer lot because a dealer is only going to be servicing so many manufacturers. That dealer might have no class B's or no class A's or whatever it might be. So you, when you go to an RV show, you've got multiple dealers all vying for you as a customer. And I think that that bleeds into kind of like what your next sort of bullet point here was, was dreaming and fun. And that's really what they are. You know, you can see all different kinds of makes and models. And sometimes you might go in there dreaming of one thing, but you end up leaving dreaming of another. Or you're just, you're just, you know, you're content with your RV at your financial level, but you want to go look at the really expensive rigs just for fun. Yeah. Or, you know, we go in there sometimes and we start looking at the really small trailers. Yeah. And that's when we start dreaming about the day that hopefully not anytime soon that the little guys are gone, you know, and they're off enjoying their own life adventure. And we want to continue this lifestyle. And so Jason and I start sort of looking to our own future and dreaming about, do we want to do something this small? What would it be like for just you and I in, in here? So that's fun. It's fun to just reimagine life in different ways when you're looking at all these different types of RVs. The next reason to visit an RV show is, a, is the seminars that they offer. And a lot of them offer a decent amount of seminars. Usually at these sort of mid-sized shows, it's going to be one person that comes in and they may have like five different seminars and they may rotate them throughout the days, the, throughout like the a, days of this, the week. It's like a Dr. Epperson, yeah. you know, he's just an expert on RV shows, <laughs> so it just shows up and, you know, does some seminars. <laughs> so you might get basic stuff like how to match a truck with a tow vehicle or sometimes they'll do fun things like uh, learning about boondocking or how to plan a trip across the country and all sorts of different things. And it just depends on the speaker. It can be very different at each show, but um, they're usually free. There's usually not an additional charge. So it's a great thing to just be able to stop walking through all of our, the RVs and, and go sit down and, and listen to somebody talk about RVs for, for a little bit. The final big reason to visit an RV show is to buy an RV. Say what? <laughs> RV shows are a great place to get a good deal, especially the winter RV shows. You've got RV dealerships looking to move models off their lots because they're bringing new models in uh, because they don't want stuff to sit uh, through an entire another winter. They are competing for your dollars with other dealers at the same time at the show. So many people buy at the RV shows and that's why those dealers are there. They are looking to sell. Now, you don't get a lot of pressure at RV shows. No, that's what's really nice, though, is that, yes, the deals are great, but no one is forcing you you know, and saying, so are you looking to buy? What are you looking to buy? What can I show you? Let me walk you over to here. Are you ready to sign? And you don't get any of that. Yeah. No, they're going to, they're going to try to get you into their RV. No kidding. I mean, but you can always walk away and go to the dealership that is literally across the carpeted aisle there. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times too, these shows, they get really busy on the weekends and these dealers can't handle all the traffic that's going through. So 
you know, if you're really there just to look and you know you're not buying, you're not going to get someone, especially when the show is really busy, who's going to be kind of following you around or wanting to take you through their different models because they are helping so many people. So let's talk about the different types of RV shows there are out there, because I think a lot of people see RV show and they have sort of an expectation in their head. And there are lots of different things that you might experience at an RV show. So let's start with the very smallest. And that's usually a single dealer RV show. Maybe it may be a couple dealers, uh, but usually this is the type of RV show that might be in a mall parking lot or in a Cabela's parking lot. Uh, we've seen this many times at Cabela's actually where they have a certain weekend of the year where the local RV dealership brings a bunch of trailers over and and Cabela's is having you know a big sale at the same time and they're sort of working together to get some customers. And you're just going to see one dealer's uh, stuff out there. You're generally going to see not a lot of motorhomes, mostly trailers and uh often not going to be seeing a ton of the biggest stuff. They're really looking to, you know, get people to buy some of those smaller trailers over the course of that weekend. The next size is sort of the medium size shows where you've got multiple dealers uh, coming in to, to sort of vie for your dollar. And the mid America RV show that we go to in Kansas city is a good example of this you've got, you know, maybe seven or eight dealers together and they bring their wares and then a small section of, of vendors that are, that are selling sort of RV accessories and stuff like that. Um, but mostly the vendors are going to be selling, you know, gutter systems and windows and the stuff that you see at all kinds of trade shows like this. Yeah. There'll be a lot of campgrounds, local campgrounds, the state, you know, park campground might be there too but generally it's gonna be like koa and jellystone newspaper subscriptions <laughs> satellite tv service yes. verizon verizon yeah. verizon will yeah. always be there so those shows uh generally do have that at that level you generally do have some seminars uh not a lot of accessories and t- stuff like that and a decent number of rvs but we got to tell you that if you're expecting to see a lot of our of of motor homes you're not going to see a ton of motorhomes at a small or mid-size show. And, you know, even when you get to the, the next size, the big ones, you just need to know that like 90% of the, the, the RVs sold out there are trailers. So at an RV show, 90% of the vehicles are going to be trailers. If you really want to see motorhomes, you're probably better off looking around at dealers and planning to go to dealers where the the motorhomes you want to look at are um, there's going to be some don't get me wrong they're going to be there uh, but there's just not going to be a ton no but for every like five or six trailers there's going to be one motorhome yeah uh and uh, we went to the when we went to the mid-america rv show last year not a single class b to be had there no class b's are are, are so hot right now that you know dealers have no interest in bringing them to an RV show or selling them at a discounted rate at the RV show. They don't need to. Uh, So the next size is sort of the mega show, the super show. And these are the big ones that happen in Hershey and Tampa and Pomona, California and Quartzsite. These are the shows where they have tons of dealerships. Manufacturers are there showing new models in their own booths sometimes. And they've got um, mega 
plexes of accessories, all kinds of stuff. And people camp at these RV shows. So usually you either camp in the lots at the, uh, at the convention center or campgrounds nearby and take shuttles in. Uh, but that's really how you can tell if it's going to be a mega show is that people, if you can reserve camping at it, really, that's, that's the big difference. So when should you go to an RV show? During the times it's running. Uh, RV shows are, uh, are just like any sort of other entertainment. They're busiest when people are off work. So your best bet, if you want to have the place all to yourself is to go during the week. If they have, if they have weekdays available, if you go on a Wednesday or a Thursday, even a Friday before people get off work, you're going to be able to go see everything at a leisurely pace. For the most part, I I would question that with some of the mega shows. They're just yeah. going to be mega busy the whole time. Now, Saturdays at any RV show are going to be crazy. They just are crazy. And sometimes that's fun. It's an awesome atmosphere. But you're, you know, you're waiting in line to get in some RVs sometimes. It can be really intense. Parking fills up. It, it It's just a lot of people. Kids can get lost. Kid, uh, you know, you might have uh have to wait for the bathrooms wait in line to get your tickets when we went to the mid-america rv show there was last year there was a big line to get tickets on saturday yeah it went out the door and boy it was cold that day too i would not have stood there waiting for a ticket so try if you can to go during a weekday is good a good excuse to take a day off work if you can't Sundays usually aren't that bad either. Now people start the, the dealers and, and the vendors start packing their stuff up midday Sunday. Uh, but Sundays usually are not as bad as, as Saturdays at, at an RV show. All right. So before you go, you're going to want to do a bit of planning work because it's just like going to Disney world. You're not like us, but if you were like us, you would know, we know which rides we're going to go on when, when we go to Disney world. If you're like Jason, you have an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> but you would also know that we don't wait in line at Disney World. Mm-mm, we sure do not. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've talked about in the past. If you want to go look into that, you can look at our, our Disney World episode. But it is good to make a plan to visit the RV show because they are so big. You can't really see everything in one day. It's exhausting. I mean, we've done RV shows where we've gone two or three days in a row. And by the third day, I just I'm zonked. I'm so exhausted because you just walk and walk and walk and you keep thinking, I'm I, of course, I've seen everything right. And then it's like, nope, here's an RV you haven't looked at yet. It's just cra- it's crazy. So get a map and a seminar schedule from the website of the RV show before you go. Uh, and the map's going to tell you the different dealerships and you might know what those dealerships have. You might be able to go look at their websites and, and see what brands they carry. And then you can see what brands that you want to look at and make a beeline for those dealerships first. Figure out where you're going to park before you go. Convention center parking is always terrible. We just, when we parked at the, the McCormick place parking the other day, I, I've never been able to figure out parking down there. We always park and then end up walking like um, feels like a mile in the cold underground <laughs> through an alley that doesn't have a sidewalk. They don't want you to figure out. Parking. It's very weird. So make sure you figure that out in advance and plan your food or bring your food because convention center food 
it can be $8 for a hot pretzel. It's crazy how expensive. I mean, it's like going to the ballpark or a football game or an amusement park. I mean, they're just going to jack the prices way up. So eat before you go. Or if you can bring in food or you can, you know, you can exit and come back because sometimes you can do that. Do that. Don't plan to eat there unless you absolutely have to. And finally, if there's a strong possibility you're going to be buying at the RV show, get your financing pre-approved from your bank before you go to the show. That way you're not waiting forever when you go talk to a dealer about a certain unit to deal with all the financing stuff with them. You can really get an idea of your deal with them and be able to say yes or no without without all that time and be able to move on to another dealer. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about actually visiting the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're back with the rest of our tips for visiting an RV show. This segment is sponsored by National Indoor RV Centers. National Indoor RV Centers makes RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free, offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body, oil changes, brakes, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and even generator work. They even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pulls your RV in and out of storage. They will check your tire pressure, charge and check your battery fluids, fill your fresh water, and cool your fridge down before departure. They even have on-site propane and dump stations, and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. You can find National Indoor RV Centers in Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix. And at their new Las Vegas facility, they are offering RV Miles listeners three free months with code RVMILES3. That's all one word and the number three. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. Space is extremely limited, so visit VegasIndoorStorage.com to get started today. And we will link to the code and their website in the show notes. All right. Our tips for actually visiting the show. The first thing you should consider is getting there when the show opens. Getting there right away when the show opens and making a beeline towards the back and work your way forward. Because everybody else that's getting in at the same time is going to start in the front and make their way back. You're not going to be able to go in every single RV. If you start going in every RV, you're just going to, you're going to wear yourself out. It's a lot of work to go up and down those stairs over and over. Yeah, you get a, you get a workout, you get a little sore in you some do. areas after work. And you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to, they're going to start blending together. You're not going to be having fun with it. So make sure to start with just looking at the RVs that are going to be right for you and your family. You could look at a few other ones, uh, but you can always come back around at the end once you've done that to see the other ones. Yeah. And know beforehand, if you're you have a truck and you're going to want to be pulling, know what your truck can handle before you get there. Yeah, that so that you, you can skip them. Yeah. You can look at the ones that your truck is actually going to be able to pull and you don't have to pay attention to the other ones. 
learn a little bit about the build quality. Like take the time as you're walking through to, to really learn about how these different RVs are built. And what I mean by that is like, look in the storage compartments. Are they lined? Look under the seat. Uh, look under the sink. Is that lined? Is everything open and, and exposed? Is the underbelly enclosed? Is the countertop made in multiple pieces, especially sometimes they put a, a separate lip around the edge and that can come off really easily. People are really rough on RVs at RV shows. We've seen this a lot. They break things on them. People don't know how to use the latches. People have never been in an RV before. They're sort of rough with the drawers and doors and everything like that. And they, they can break things. And it's kind of a good place to see the brands that just can't hold up to that heavy abuse. Yeah. Treat it like you would treat buying a house. Really, really look if you can get past the, oh, I love the color palette or I love the layout. Then once you've done that, then really start to look at how it would work. Do I like where this refrigerator is? Do I like the height of the television? Do I realistically want to make this table into a bed every night? Things like that. And if I am going to make it into a bed every night, how easy is it to do? How many pieces does it require? You know, how many cushions are there before it becomes a bed? Things that you really wouldn't think about. Try to think about them because they're going to become a part of your life really soon. And you're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. Yeah, don't feel pressure. You can sometimes at these things, you can feel a little bit of pressure to move out of the RV. But if you're seriously thinking about maybe you're going to buy this or buy something like it at some point, really spend the time in it. Test everything. Sit in all the seats. Lay on the bed. Hang out in it. Can you all sit around the dinette? Can yeah. you all, you know, be comfortable in it? And that's one of the things if you again, as Jason has said several times, if you're really seriously wanting to buy and you can take a day off from work and go during the week, it's going to be so much quieter and you're not going to feel as much pressure to move out of the rig because, you know, there's a line of people wanting to get in. So you can spend a little bit more time actually sort of imagining yourself in the space on the days when it wasn't really busy. I would say those are the days that Jason and I actually learn more about a particular RV that we're looking at because we can really take the time to look at it. When I'm feeling pressured because there's other people that want to come in, I sort of do a sweeping glance over everything and say, oh, yeah, I liked that. And, and then move on. Yeah, I think also a lot of people forget in, in motorhomes to sit in the driver's seat and and really feel like feel what it would feel like to drive it. Look in the mirrors and, and, and just sort of see if you're comfortable. Does your head hit the ceiling? Your feet hit the pedals. I would really encourage this if you're seriously considering buying a class C to spend some time you and if you're going to have a partner in the, the other seat with you, the passenger seat, that you guys sit there for a little bit. Because we had some experiences in some of the classes we sat in at the last show we were at where we saw some incredibly uh, glaring blind spots that we weren't expecting to see just in the way that they had positioned the mirrors or the way, you know, the classy comes up over you, the hood. And, you know, I'm, we're not really looking for a classy, but I think for anyone who ever is, 
it's really important that you take that time to sit up front, really sit up front and just kind of imagine yourself driving what you're going to need to turn to change lanes to back up and see if you're seeing anything that just says to, you no, this this is too much. This isn't this doesn't feel right to me. Think about just think about your day to day routine as you're in an RV. When Jack and I were at the show the other day, we're in some great trailers that looked really great for our family. And I go to the bedroom and and the bedroom looks nice and everything. But for each of Abby and I, maybe there would be a cupboard of six inches wide and and kind of tall, but six inches wide for all of our clothes. And that would never work. No, never. And the thing too, though, is that no RV is also ever, ever, ever going to be perfect 100%. They're, they all are going to have compromises. Yeah. You will have to sacrifice something to be tiny. Right. Just know, though, is a bigger closet more important to me than a bigger pantry space? Look, we built our own RV and we still had to make yeah. major sacrifices and ask some of the tough questions. So just keep that in mind. You're not going to find there is no perfect house. There is no perfect RV. If you, But there is one that is still right for you. But just know that there are going to be some things you need to compromise on and, and know what those things would be for you. Very often you'll be looking at an RV and you'll say, oh, finally, this one is exactly what we're looking for. It has all the bells and whistles that we need. It, it ticks off all the boxes. It's going to be too heavy for your truck. Yeah, you know, that sort worst. of stuff. You're just there's always the compromise. You really, really want that outdoor kitchen. Well, you're going to lose something inside. You're yeah. Lose storage or a bunk or something. It's got to replace where that kitchen is. And talk to your partner before you go. You know, this just kind of came to me because that could be a point of contention between the two of you. If one person is thinking I'm willing to sacrifice this. Another person's I'm willing to sacrifice this, but you haven't had that conversation beforehand. And now you each have a particular RV that you're really interested in and neither one of you wants to budge. So talk before you get there, talk about it. What are you looking for? What are the reasons why you want to buy this? What will you be doing with this when you do buy it? So that as you're looking, you're looking together and you're not looking individually. And then trying to sort it out together because that that will not go well. It just won't. <laughs> All right. Our final tip for visiting an RV show is don't settle. If you are planning to buy an RV that weekend, you don't have to cave into the pressure to buy before the show is gone. If you haven't found the right one for you, keep looking. There's always going to be more. Go to the dealerships. Not every dealership in your area is going to be at the at that RV show. Not every RV from every lot is going to be at that RV show. You may even end up finding from a private seller. You, you never know. If it's not there, it's not there. Maybe you found the perfect one, but it's it's brand new and you want that same layout a year old to save a little bit of money used. You can go look for that then. Don't feel like you have to buy new at that point. Or maybe you've you found exactly what you want, but it doesn't have the quad bunk option. Instead, it has the dual bunks and a dinette in the back, but the manufacturer makes the quad bunk and you found that out at the RV show. Just keep looking. Don't settle. No reason to. That's Jason's final tip. My final tip 
is to wear comfortable shoes. Oh, man. I wore some really cute ankle boots last (laughs) year to an RV show, like really cute ankle boots. And I really paid for it by the end of the eight hours that we were there. So tomorrow I'm going to be wearing my really cute running shoes because I know we're going to be walking around and I don't want to leave there exhausted. Leave your cute boots at home and put on your walking shoes when you go to an RV show. All right, let's wrap this up with a new brain teaser. When I'm first said, I'm quite mysterious. But when I'm explained, I'm nothing serious. What am I? We'll have the answer to that and so much more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And if you are enjoying the show, then we would love it if you would share us around your social medias. Again, we can be found at RV Miles or Our Wandering Family. And also do not forget to join us if you are a Twitterer. Then we are on Twitter Sunday nights doing RV chat. It's a great hour of questions all about the RV lifestyle with individuals who enjoy it just as much as you do. Just follow the hashtag RV chat. It starts at nine Eastern, eight Central every Sunday. And until next week, fellow RV show lovers, keep logging those RV miles and we will see you later. Bye. Bye.